podcast is provided for general information and for general information purposes only and does not replace your financial, tax, legal or finance product advice. Hello everyone and welcome to The Female Investor, your chance to listen to two of Australia's leading property experts talking about all things property buying, finance, strategy and lots more. Kate Hill and Nicola McDougall are the authors of the book The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security and Freedom Through Property. Kate is an award-winning property mentor and coach, a qualified property investment advisor and founder of buyer's agency, Advisable. And she's a successful property investor herself. Nicola is an award-winning and prolific property journalist. She has been involved in property research, analysis and reporting for 15 years. And she is also a successful property investor herself. Property investment is one of the simplest, safest and preferred ways for women to create financial freedom. And with the right information to make an educated and informed decision, this can be achieved. If you know a woman who is concerned about her financial future, or maybe that's you. If you're keen to improve your chances of creating an income for life, then this is your place to learn, be inspired and motivated. Along with some special guests, Kate and Nicola will be offering genuine practical news and tips to women of any age to stake your claim on the property market. So come on, ladies, stay tuned and let's do this together. Hello, all you lovely ladies out there. How are you all doing? It is Kate here, ready and raring to go for our weekly female investor podcast. Now, this week, I'm going to talk to you about some of the news items that we've been reading or you might have been hearing about a lot about the rental shortage that is sweeping the nation. And after that, you're going to hear all my latest property news. Okay, ladies. So I am going to call this particular segment today the critical undersupply of rental properties in Australia. Now, new data released recently has confirmed the critical undersupply of rental properties around Australia. So according to SQM Research, they are a property research website. Look them up. There's some really super useful information on there. So according to them, The national residential vacancy rate hit just 1% in March, which is the lowest level in 16 years. And I have reported on that before. Now, the last time national vacancy rate was that low, Kevin 07, and for everyone who is not from Australia, he was one of our prime ministers. Kevin 07 wasn't even a thing yet. It was that long ago. Now, to understand what this metric actually means, it is vital to know and understand that the equilibrium point of supply and demand in the rental market is generally considered to be around 3%, right? So you're looking for a vacancy rate of around 3% or less. Now, it will vary a little bit depending on the area and what's happening there, but that's, it's just really a, it's a benchmark. It's generally what we're talking about. So this means that a vacancy rate of just 1% puts everything within a deep critical undersupply territory. Some cities and major regional areas actually have a vacancy rate of just 0.5%. Adelaide has just recorded the lowest vacancy rate ever tracked in a capital city, all of which is just an astoundingly, horribly bad situation for any renter out there. So how did we get here? Well, let's backtrack the rental crisis actually began more than five years ago. Let's go back to 2017, actually way before the last 
federal election here in Australia. Now, at the time, the Reserve Bank and the financial regulator, APRA, the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, they were concerned about the strong property price growth that had occurred in Sydney over recent years. Of course, our Harbour City real estate is significantly higher now than it was then, but whatever. They were so concerned that they implemented lending restrictions to slow down just that one particular market. The interesting thing, of course, was that these restrictions affected property markets nationwide. They didn't just restrict lending to anyone who was buying in Sydney. It applied to everyone buying in Australia and including markets that weren't actually booming at the time. But hey, whatever, you know, people out there seem to think there's just the one Australian property market, which is nonsense. Everyone in Adelaide in Brisbane is going, uh, hello. Anyway, fundamentally, it meant that it was much more difficult for investors in particular to secure finance because of a reduction in interest-only loans, as well as higher interest rates and plug rates or assessment rates, which is that rate at which the bank actually assesses you and they assess you on your investment mortgages, right? The end result was literally plummeting investor activity, obviously, no shock there, a situation that stayed like that for at least four years and meant that thousands upon thousands of rental properties were never added to the rental pool because all those investors could not buy property. According to CoreLogic analysis, investors comprised nearly 32.6% of mortgage demand by value in January 2022. Now, that was up from the recent record low of 22.9% in 2020, but is still below the decade average of 34.9%. Now, if those lending restrictions hadn't been enough, there was the political mudslinging all around negative gearing before the 2019 federal election, which kept even more investors on the sideline. You'll remember that the Labour Party took the removal of negative gearing as a policy to that election, a policy that effectively lost them that election because they failed to read the room. And a lot of investors were on the sidelines in a watch and wait mode. So again, they weren't buying investment properties, even if they could get past the APRA lending restrictions. Next, the volume of investor activity kept falling until the first year of the pandemic, 2020, Apart from general concern about market conditions, the world ending as we know it, vacancy rates did temporarily spike for some property types in some areas. And it looked like governments were asking investors to literally take one for the team at one stage and allow tenants to live rent free in their properties. This did not inspire any confidence in the investor market, but of course was probably a bit necessary and who's gone through a pandemic before, right? So will give them that one. Now, WA was particularly badly affected by this, keeping the borders closed for so long. It really, again, diminished investor confidence. It kept everyone out. I'm not saying that any of this necessarily is a bad thing. I'm just explaining where this current rental crisis has been coming from, right? Okay. Add to all of that, there has been declining dwelling construction and soaring material and construction costs because of those supply chain issues. Since the start of COVID, also 
Very sadly, Nicola and I have talked about this before, we have also seen separation and divorce rates rise too, which has increased the number of sole person and single parent households. And that is the family who lived in one property now probably live in two, which further reduces the supply of rental stock. Now, likewise, owner-occupiers were at record levels over the past two years, as in they were the main people buying property, and many were purchasing properties that were formerly in the rental pool, especially in some locations where price growth had been a bit negligible for years, so investors took the opportunity to offload some of their holdings when prices were rising. Now, what we've got coming up is the imminent return of hordes of overseas migrants, possibly at record levels, and we need them. Remember the staff shortages that we've got going on, real skills shortages. The question has to be asked, where the heck are they going to live? We've already got super, super low vacancy rates. So I hope that clarifies for you that for all of these reasons, that critical undersupply of rental properties really is a serious situation that is perhaps going to persist for the foreseeable future. And when I say that, I mean probably for the next few years, not just for the next few months. You can really only wonder how bad it is going to get before then. Okay, ladies. So I hope that gave you some insights into why there is this critical undersupply, why you're going to read about this undersupply of rental properties around Australia for quite a while yet, I would think. We've had such a strong period of capital growth that rents are also going to now be on the rise as well. Obviously, again, it's basic supply and demand, right? Do send us an email if you've got any questions about anything that you're hearing or you don't understand. Just let me know, right? And stay tuned for all your latest property news. The number of new homes being built and sold continues to increase despite rising costs of construction and building industry turmoil. The latest Housing Industry Association new home sales report shows that new home sales increased by 3.9% in March, which is much higher compared with the previous month. Over the year, the number of new home starts increased by 30.5%. That is a lot, ladies. The report says that despite a difficult start to the year, with a shortage of tradies due to COVID illness and the materials shortages, new home sales continue to be super strong. In fact, it is the second strongest quarter since 2016. An HIA economist says that demand is driven by a shortage of homes and an extremely tight rental market, as just discussed. In the past quarter, New South Wales sales increased 78% compared with the same time in 2019, which is obviously pre-pandemic. Sales in Queensland increased 33%. This is new homes people get, right? So keep that in mind. Victoria increased by 19%. Western Australia, 15%. South Australia was the only state to experience a decline. Following on from that, 
pressure on renters increased substantially in the past two years, with new data showing a severe shortage in all forms of housing. Again, back to the HIA. The Housing Industry Association says that although new home building activity has increased as per previous segment, there is still a shortage in private rental properties. They say that at a time when owner-occupied housing and rentals are under pressure, it is essential to ensure an adequate supply of affordable rental housing. Affordable subsidised rental housing, in inverted commas, gives people a safe place to live and, if possible, the chance to save for a future where they can move along the housing continuum and into a home of their own, says the HIA. They would like to see a practical solution offered during the federal election campaign, such as ensuring the existing rent assistance stays on par with inflation. Again, I quote, the election provides an important opportunity to deliver secure housing for all. This will support Australia's economic recovery and our future economic growth. And segueing very nicely, according to Australia's Grattan Institute, the Labour Party's proposed home equity scheme could expose the government's balance sheet to financial risk. The Labour housing spokesman has revealed that it might need to pay interest on borrowings worth about $5 billion in the first year. The Grattan Institute also says that it could push up housing prices, But housing industry groups, no surprise, who represent low-income households and community housing providers have welcomed the initiative. National Shelter says that a similar scheme has worked really well in Western Australia for more than a decade, helping more people into the market. National Shelter say that it will benefit people looking to re-enter the housing market. First home buyers and in particular older ladies who are facing housing issues as a result of, for example, separation. According to an Anglicare nationwide survey, the rental crisis persists. It found of nearly 46,000 homes advertised for rent, 720, which is less than 2%, were affordable to a single person on a minimum wage. Sellers achieve, on average, a higher price if they sell the property under the hammer compared with if they had accepted the highest offer prior to auction, according to new analysis by CoreLogic. Now, I might have to take issue with that. It's probably on a case-by-case basis because I actually think that there are occasions where the accepting those offers before auction will actually get you a better price because you can't see what other people are offering. However, the analysis says that sellers achieved on average an extra 11.7% by going ahead with the auction. Adelaide recorded the biggest gap between sales methods of 13.6%, followed by regional Australia with a difference of 12.3%. Keep in mind, ladies, that auctions are not the most common, by far not the most common method of sale in Adelaide or regional Australia. So take some of these figures with a little grain of salt. In Melbourne, the difference is 11.4%. In Sydney, 11.3%. Gold Coast properties sell under the hammer on average for 11.2% more, while in Brisbane, the difference is 10.3%. 
CoreLogic data shows that auctions are still a popular method of sale. Obviously, no one's denying that. It says that 23,748 homes went under the hammer in the first three months of 2022, which is in fact the busiest March quarter since CoreLogic records began in 2008. There were 19,004 capital city homes taken to auction in the first quarter of 2021. The capital city clearance rate for the March quarter was 70%, which is quite healthy. And that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and found it super useful. You can email us with any questions that you have on info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. Don't forget to order a copy of the book, The Female Investor. You can go to your local bookstore, pick it up on Amazon or Booktopia or anywhere that good books are sold. And you can head to thefemaleinvestor.com.au where you can click on the links and also find lots of resources on property investing, news, hints, tips and videos. We will be with you all again soon. Stay safe and well, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.